Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Can't get away from us. And we don't want to be stuck in our emotions. That's not how God created us to live, right? That's not, that's not what he's done. So today I'm going to give you a quick overview on faith and feelings, your faith and your feelings and how they work together. But, but I can't cover everything today. And so next week we're going to talk about overcoming negative emotions. The week after is developing positive emotions. And then the fourth week, we're going to talk about that one emotion that is the key, the secret to your well-being. Um, it's, it's the most important one. I firmly believe that. So we're going to be talking about that over the next month. I'll just real quick, the last, there are five Sundays in November. The very last one, we're going to have a real treat. Uh, the, the missionary couple that we support in Israel will be here. Kobe and Shani Ferguson, you may have seen them before. They came a couple years ago. She's a recording artist. She's like a really big deal in Israel. Uh, they're going to come here and share. She might sing a song or two. It's going to be really cool. So I want to make sure you know that. That's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I'm just going to kind of go through this this morning and, and give us a general overview about faith and your feelings. I'm going to kind of start theological and make my way into the practical. We're going to start big picture and, and, and work our way down. Uh, but here's the first thing I want you to know is that you are a three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. Now, you probably have heard this before, but, but, but I, I want to make sure that you live in this truth. It's not just a fact that you've memorized or that you can quote, but you understand that you are a three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, 23, the uh, apostle Paul is, is, greet, is, is giving his, uh, his ending greeting to the people. And he says, now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Now, your emotional health, you are a three-part person, just like God is a trinity, he's three parts as well. You're three parts, and your emotional well-being is going to have to do with your soul. Now, just because it has to do with your soul, though, doesn't mean that it's not affected by your body and your spirit. These are three distinct parts of us, yet we are one. We're made in the image of God in that way. I'll never forget when I was in high school, I played football. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It was fun for me. I was decent at it. And the first drive, offensive drive, of the first game, my junior year, I messed up my knee badly. Some of the worst pain I've ever felt. It was actually a touchdown uh, on that play. And so everyone's celebrating, and I'm left back uh, on the grass writhing in pain. And, and so uh, it, it happened the Friday night before we started school on Monday. So I started school with a huge bandage on my knee and walking in on crutches. And something happened that I didn't expect. My grades plummeted. Now, I, I made decent grades in high school. I wasn't like an overachiever. I wasn't a nerd, right? You nerds, Cynthia. <laughs> 
Brian. <clears throat> but I made good grades. I made good grades. But I was getting so frustrated the first several weeks of my junior year of high school because I wasn't making the grades I was used to. And I was complaining to one of my teachers and she said something I'll never forget. She said, oh, that's because of your knee. I said, well, my brain's not in my knees. What do you mean? She said, look, when one part of you is hurting, all of you hurts. This is what the body of Christ is supposed to be to one another, by the way. And so when, when your physical body is hurting, that affects your soul, it affects your mind, it affects your emotions, it affects you spiritually. When you are spiritually hurting or under pressure, it affects everything else. When your soul is damaged, it affects your physical body. Do you know that anywhere from 60 to 90% of doctor visits are, are from problems that are due to emotional distress? People are, they're treating physical symptoms, but they're actually having emotional problems. And so we need to understand that this, we are a complex, multifaceted being with three parts. And it's our soul that is the seat of our emotions. And here's the second thing I want you to know about this is that you are responsible for your own soul care. You are responsible for your own soul care. What do I mean by soul care? Let's talk about this. Now, there's this idea running rampant right now in the church. Soul care is not self-love. Soul care is not the idea of like, man, I am, oh, I'm just so amazing. You get up and you look in the mirror, you say, Jamie, you're wonderful. You're going to have a good day because you deserve it. Right, right. It's not self-love. Now, Christians do need to love ourselves because Jesus told us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. If you don't love yourself, you can't really know, love your neighbor, okay? But the kind of love of self that we have as Christians is not being in love with ourselves. <laughs> it's loving ourselves because we have adopted what God says about us instead of what we or anyone else has to say about us. Do you see the difference? Loving yourself because God loves you is biblical. Being in love with yourself because you're so, you're so great is not biblical. And there's a difference. But that's not what I'm talking about when I mean soul care. Soul care is when you feed your soul, you take care and you maintain your soul. See, we understand this when it comes to our physical body, that whatever we put in our physical body will affect us either positively or negatively, right? I mean, if you eat McDonald's for every single meal, you're going to feel that eventually. It's going to affect you in a negative way. We know that physically, but what about in our soul emotionally? If you feed yourself with negative things when it comes to your emotions, guess what kind of emotions you're going to have? I make this joke all the time, but it's so funny to me. People are like, you know, I'm really dealing with fear. I'm like, really? What, what do you love watching? I love watching horror movies. Okay. Wow. Never put that together? <laughs> yeah, so what we feed ourselves with, it determines the health of that thing. We've got to invest in our soul. You guys, it's important. Matthew chapter 16, 26, Jesus says, it's a famous Quote, what does it benefit you if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Now, that verse has been used to talk about heaven and hell, gain the whole world but go to hell. He's not talking about your spirit. He's talking about your soul. 
You know, a lot of people are in pursuit of all the great things in this world, all the flashy stuff, the important stuff, and they lose their soul in the process. Let's not be people like that. How you have fed your soul will determine your amount of emotional reserves, and that will determine how well you handle uncomfortable environments and negative situations. This year, many people let the external world affect them so harshly because their internal world was not prepared for it. They had not done what was necessary to become, to, to become full and healthy and robust when it comes to their emotions and their soul care. Think about it like this. We all have monthly bills, right? You get a monthly bill, whether a bill comes in the mail or maybe uh, you've got it set up where they take money directly out of your account. You know, you've got to pay for a house or an apartment, whether it's a mortgage or rent. You've got to pay for some sort of car, right? Whether it's a lease or you own the car. You, you, you've got to pay for insurance. What happens when you don't pay that bill? They take it. <laughs> if you don't pay for your home, you lose your home. You don't pay for your car, you lose your car. You don't pay for your insurance, they cancel your insurance. Well, imagine for a moment that you are receiving a monthly bill from your body, your soul, and your spirit. And, and, and you have to pay that bill. Some of you are making minimum balance payments. You're doing just what's necessary, just the basic minimum to get by. Some people double pay on their body and never pay into their soul. You ever, I know people that like they are just physical specimens, right? I mean, they just, they got it going on when it comes to like their physical body, but they're just an emotional wreck. They're, they're paying on that bill when it comes to, to their flesh, but they're not paying into their soul care. I know Christians, you guys, who, who know the word, who worship, they know all the lyrics to all the songs. And, and, and they've really invested in their spiritual life and it's fantastic. And you ask them about, well, what does the Bible say about this? They can tell you. But they're an emotional wreck because they've never invested in their soul. Guys, you are responsible for your own soul care and you have to invest in your emotional health because your emotions flow from how well you're paying your soul bill. Psalm 23, 3 is a famous chapter. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You guys know that. Verse 3 says, he restores my soul. See, your soul needs to be restored. Why? Because your soul is being depleted every day. How are you restoring your soul? Who is restoring your soul? It's up to you. It's up to you. And you have to have a plan for this. Look, you're not going to wake up one morning. You're like, hey, my soul is healthy. <laughs> You've got to have a plan. So let's talk about that. Now, the third thing I want you to know is emotions are not bad. Emotions are not bad. There's this idea that started thousands of years ago. It's actually an ancient Greek philosophy called Stoicism. You ever heard of Stoicism? Stoicism is the idea. It places like a morality on not showing emotions. Like, like the, the, you are a better person if you don't show emotion. And this has crept into, this, it's called Hellenistic thought. It's, it's crept into the church for centuries. 
And it's the idea that we somehow, in order to be intellectual or in order to love God or in order to be true Christians, we can't be emotional. But guys, feelings are meant to be felt. God has emotions. We read about this in scripture. We, 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 he is jealous. He, he gets angry. He gets grieved or sad. He gets happy. God's emotions are holy because he is holy. And you're made in the image of God, so guess who also has emotions? You do. You have emotions as well. Now, we don't want to overcorrect and not have you know, no emotions whatsoever. Well, the solution to that is not excessive emotions or what I would call emotionalism, right? An overemphasis on emotions. We don't want that. But as Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says, there is a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. There are appropriate times for emotions, and it's not Christian of you to suppress your emotions. It's not a Christian concept. It's not what Jesus did. Let me explain to you what emotions are. Emotions are simply an indicator that something is different than what you expected. It's, it's just an indicator that something is different than what you expected. I, I like to think of it like dash lights on your car. You're driving down the road and all of a sudden, bing, gas light comes on. Oh, hey, I expect it. it needs to be filled with gas, but we're running low. You need to take care of this. Or all of a sudden, bing, the battery light's on. Oh, actually, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with your battery. It means there's something wrong with your alternator. Just write that down. That's point number four. <laughs> or bing. The, the tire pressure warning came on, right? You need more air in your tires. And, and so, so these, these things on our dashboard are letting us know that, hey, something's different than normal. The baseline that's been set for these things has either been exceeded uh, or you're not meeting it, okay? And so, so that's what your emotions are. Think about it. Something unexpectedly bad happens, boom, the anger light turns on. Something unexpectedly good happens. Hey, the happy light turns on, right? Something takes longer than you expected it to. The frustration light kicks on. These are how our emotions, see, emotions aren't inherently bad or good. They're just indicators that something is different than what you expected. Don't ignore the lights on your dash. Don't ignore them. Don't be like me who sees it as a challenge when the gas light comes on. <laughs> where, where are my people that like want to wait to the last minute to fill up? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I want to be on fumes, baby. I feel like I win. Like when it says like my car will it'll go down to like, the, like it was like three miles until right for two miles. I, I want it at zero and it starts blinking at me like, like fill up now. I'm like, now's the time to fill up. Okay, where are you who, like, as soon as it dips below halfway, you're like, it's time to fill up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I just don't like hanging out at gas stations, so maybe y'all do. I don't know. Do you guys know that Jesus was emotional? Jesus was very emotional. There's so many examples that I could point out to you, but I, I want to share my favorite one with you. It's in Luke 10, 21. He had just sent... Um, his disciples, it was not just the 12, it was, it was 70 disciples into nearby villages to preach the gospel, to preach the kingdom, cast out demons, heal the sick. 
they come back and like, they're like, oh my gosh, people got healed and demons were, you know, cast out and oh, this is crazy. And Jesus is like, yeah, man, I saw Satan fall like, like uh, fall from heaven like lightning. He's like, but hey, rejoice that your name is written in the book of Lamb's book of life. And then verse 21 says, he rejoiced in the spirit. Another translation says he was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Neither one of those fully encapsulate what happened in that moment. The Greek word here is agaliaho. And it literally means it's a compound word. It's made up of two words uh, that mean one is much and the other one is leaping. Much leaping. You could say he jumped for joy, but it's, it's got the word pneuma attached for it, which is spirit. So he started jumping for joy in the spirit. Jesus was a Pentecostal. <laughs> like he literally starts jumping up and down and turning around. Yeah. And he starts singing. He starts singing. He's getting, he's getting so emotional. Happy, it's a happy emotion. There are other times where he cried, right, when Lazarus died. There are many different, there's, the, the, he, he fulfills a messianic prophecy when, when scripture says that zeal for my house has eaten me up, when he, you know, uh, overturns the, the money changers at the temple. He was very emotional. Being emotional is not bad. You should be emotional about God. Why are you not? Come on. God knows you and loves you. That's a miracle. <laughs> He saved you while you were still a sinner? Come on! That's such good news. It's so incredible. It should make you happy. It should just make you cry. It's okay to be emotional. There's a guy named Apollos that we read about. He, wasn't, he didn't write scripture, so we don't know as much about him, but he's all in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 18, 25, it says, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos... An eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt and he had taught the way of the Lord. He had been taught the way of the Lord and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. You don't have to sacrifice intellectualism to be emotional. You don't have to sacrifice being emotional to be accurate and intellectual. You're called to do both. The Greek word here, it says an enthusiastic spirit. One translation says that he, he did this uh, fervently, fervently teaching. The Greek word here, it means boiling over. Boiling over. He was both emotional and intellectual. Guys, these two concepts are not at odds with one another. Emotions are not bad. Here's the next thing I want you to know. Emotions must be measured and monitored. Emotions must be measured and monitored. Let me, let me let you know what I mean by measured. You gotta think about what you're thinking about. You gotta be aware of how you feel. Is this an appropriate reaction? Am I reading the situation wrongly? Has someone deliberately sinned against me or simply made a mistake? You have to learn the art of thinking while you're feeling. This is really hard to do, especially when just a flush of emotions just overcomes us. We've got to retain our ability to think through what we're doing. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and do not sin. Be angry and do not sin. The New Living Translation puts it, do not sin by letting anger control you. And the Passion Translation says, don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. You've, you've, you've got to measure You've got to measure your 
emotions. Emotional suppression leads to emotional aggression. If you stuff stuff down, if, if, you, if, you, if you push it down, if you swallow your emotions, you're going to get aggressive. It's going to come out one way or another, and you hit those who are closest to you. Right? If I just start punching, punching and walking, punching and walking, who am I going to hit? Whoever's closest to me, right? And that's why so many spouses get in stupid fights. Because someone is, is not thinking about how they're feeling, and they just start swinging, and who are you going to hit? The person, out of 8 billion people, there's one that wants to live with your sorry tale, and you're going to hit them with your words? It doesn't make any sense. But when you start swinging, you're going to swing the person, swing at the person, swing on the person who's closest to you. So our emotions have to be measured We don't suppress them, but we don't let them all out at once. Our emotions also have to be monitored. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. New Living Translation says, Guard your heart above all else. The Passion Translation says, Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. See, again, what you've been filling your heart with determines your emotional state. You should ask yourself, Why do I tend to snap at others? Why do I get sad so easily? Why am I so fearful? We have to allow ourselves to be accountable to our emotions. Monitor them. And and sometimes you're not the best monitor of your emotions. Someone who loves you is. Right? Someone who's willing to do life with you. This could be a spouse. This could be, but but it could also just be a close friend who's saying, hey, look, you are letting your emotions lead you in this moment instead of you leading your emotions. Give others the right to call you out. Or, let's put it this way, if you don't talk it out with a friend, you'll take it out on a friend. Invite others into your emotional monitoring. Allow them access to you. All right, last thing I want you to know about your emotions, about your faith and your feelings, is that healthy Christians confess and express their emotions. Healthy Christians confess and express their emotions. Christians learn to master their emotions by confessing to God and to trusted people and expressing those emotions in healthy ways. Again, suppression leads to aggression. We don't want that. We want to express and confess. That's a lot of rhyming words. I'm sorry about that. But, but, but that's the key. We, we confess our emotions and we express our emotions we confess to God, 1 John 1, 9 says that we confess, when we confess to God that he brings cleansing. And then James, the book of James, five sixteen, when we says confess trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. So we confess to God for one reason, that we can be cleansed, but we confess to one another so that we can be healed. Two different groups that we confess to with two different results. We've got to learn to be able to, while we're in the heat of the moment, understand objectively how we feel. Saying things like, I'm feeling really angry right now and I need a break. Instead of just, well, you're just like your mom, right? That's not. I'm super frustrated right now and I'm not totally sure how. That's why I'm crying and I need some time to myself. Being able to speak, to confess an emotion 
I'm dealing with this. Not suppress it, confess it, right? And then you can express it in a healthy way. You can write it out. You can run it out. It's what Tip does. She runs out all of her emotions. You can do whatever you need to do to express that emotion, but you have to express it. Don't suppress it. It will come out. Let me tell you a quick story. I'm going to tell you a stupid story on me just because I like making fun of myself. This is just an example of how we need to be aware of our emotions. Several years ago, uh, there was a worship group that came through uh, Tallahassee, and so a lot of the praise team went to go see them, and we were in a place where the kids couldn't stay by themselves, and so someone needed to stay home. We didn't have a babysitter. It was last minute, and so I was like, you know, Tiff's on the worship team. I'm not. I'm going to let Tiffany go to this worship concert. And uh, I thought I was really, really awesome for doing that, by the way. Isn't that awesome? So awesome. I thought that too. So, so she comes back the next day. I think I was asleep when they got, they got home late. She comes back the next day, and she's wearing a T-shirt from the worship team that they went to go see. And guys, for whatever reason, I was totally triggered because I didn't have a worship t-shirt and I was the amazing man who let her go while I stayed home with the kids. And I saw her in this t-shirt and I just was overwhelmed. I know it's stupid. I was just overwhelmed with emotion and frustration and anger and sadness like all at the same time. And thankfully, this is a win, kind of. It would have been better if I'd not ever reacted. But, but, but she noticed something was wrong. She's like, what's wrong with you? And I, I, not in that way. She didn't mean it that way. Like, what's going on? And I was like, I just, I just need to work through something. I confessed my emotion. I just need to work through something. I'll, I'll let you know. I'm not going to keep it from you. I just need to work through something. She goes, okay. Because you don't push someone when they're working through their emotions. That's just going to cause an explosion, Right? And so I began, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what's, what's going on? And, and God, and I just, all of a sudden, that bounce back thought, right? I felt the Lord say, hey, you know, you didn't do this because you loved Tiffany. You did this because you expected something in return, and that's not love. Dang, dude. Come on, God, I thought you loved me. And so, and so then later, I, you know, I said, hey, you know what, I, this, this, I saw your t-shirt, and she said, you know what, I had every intention of getting you a t-shirt, and uh, the only one they had in your size, I thought you wouldn't like, and I'm sorry, and I was like, it's fine, I don't need a stupid t-shirt, I don't wear t-shirts that much anyway, it was just, it was me. But I, I confessed and I expressed my stupid emotions in that moment, and I was able to think about what I was thinking about. I was able to think through my feelings. Guys, we live with our feelings, but we don't live by our feelings. Live with your feelings, but don't live by your feelings. And my question to you this morning is, are you investing in your emotional health? I encourage you, come on, make space for these next few sermons because we're going to get into the nitty gritty. We're going to get practical. We're going to talk about the bad emotions and we're overcoming them. We're going to talk about the good emotions and investing in them. But are you investing in your emotional health or are you just letting the outside world affect your inside world? Are you just reacting to what goes around you or are you responding by letting the Holy Spirit move in your life?
Come on, what about you? What about you? Let's stand for prayer. I always like for us to respond when we go to the word. So close your eyes, take a moment. Internalize for a second. Just block everyone and everything else out. We'll let you go in just a minute. But I want you to ask this question that I just asked you. I want you to ask it to the Lord. Think this thought in his direction. Lord, am I investing in my emotional health? Lord, do I recognize that I'm a three-part being and am I paying the bill for all three parts? Lord, Lord, do I act like I'm responsible for my own soul care? Lord, am I suppressing emotions or am I confessing, addressing these emotions? Am I measuring and monitoring how I feel? Am I aware of my inner thoughts? Am I talking it out or am I taking it out on others? Come on, ask that to him. What's that bounce back thought? What's that thought you kind of feel or heal or think as soon as you ask that to the Lord? What's he saying to you? I'd like to lead you in a prayer where we invite the Holy Spirit to take charge in this area of our lives. If you will, repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you're emotional and you made me emotional. Emotions aren't bad, but they can be holy if I'll let them be. Help me, Lord. Take responsibility for my own soul care. Help me, Lord, measure my emotions and monitor my emotions, not suppress them. I want to confess them, and I want to express them in a positive way. I give you permission to be Lord over my emotions and to reign over my feelings. Speak to me, Lord, and teach me your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tiff, will you close us? Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at bfcthomasville.org.